Well, howdy, y'all. Welcome to episode number 22 of Once Upon a Time in Texas. I am your host and producer, Michael Mitchell. For those of y'all that follow the podcast and listen to me, thank you so much for sitting on the back porch with me. You know, figuratively speaking, of course. And listening to me tell stories and, uh, and a little bit about Texas. Um, so for those of y'all who don't know how I do the research and how I come up with these podcasts, um, <clears throat> I like to classify it as willy-nilly. Basically, uh, whatever pops into my mind kind of throughout the week, I punch it down in notes uh, in my iPhone. And then I get home and I go, you know, that one's interesting. Or, yeah, I thought that was a good idea. Maybe it's not. And then I start doing some research on it. And so sometimes uh, I find some really good stuff. Other times, not so much. But uh, this time, I think I found some good stuff for you. But I love doing this. It's a lot of fun. And I like learning a lot along the way. So I am back from scout camp. We went up to Camp Simpson, um, which is right outside of Tishomingo, Oklahoma. And, uh, man, it was great. Um, the highest high that we had was like 85. The lowest low we had was like 60. Um, it rained several times. Of course, the only thing we can complain about is uh, it was like 4,000% humidity. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was like walking in a sauna a lot of the time. So even though the highs weren't that high and the lows were pretty low for, you know, June in East Central Oklahoma, um, it really wasn't that bad. We were still dripping sweat like nobody's business, though. Our trunks we came home with with our uh, dirty clothes in were pretty rank and uh, the washing machine was pretty busy afterwards. But anyway... We had a great couple of weeks. It was awesome. Uh, week one, I went with our uh, female Boy Scout troop two. Um, my daughters are in that one. And then the second week, my uh, my son's boys troop, troop one from here in Wichita Falls came up. So me and my son just stuck around um, there at camp for a day. We drove up to Ada, Oklahoma and went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which of course was in the air conditioning, and then also paid somebody to do our laundry. It was awesome. But of course, all things must come to an end. We saddle up, come back home to good old Wichita Falls, and what are we in now? Yeah, it's like 4,000 degrees outside. Um, it kind of reminds me of that scene from Terminator, you know, where the lady's holding on to the fence and the fire hits her and blows her away and she's a skeleton and then dust and yeah pretty much if you stay outside for longer than it takes you to walk from your house to your car that's pretty much what's going to happen to you <laughs> we are in that time of the year we're hoping for a cold front to come in um and by cold front i mean on sunday i think the high is going to be 96 so yeah that is a wintry weather around here this time of year so Anyway, really can't complain a whole lot. I mean, shoot, we're just fixing to hit July. And, uh, you know, we just had our first 100-degree day. We're going big or going home, though. I mean, today we're supposed to hit like 109, and tomorrow's 113. So, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, well, let's go ahead and jump into what I'm talking about this week. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about odd and interesting places here in Texas. 
And boy, howdy, there are a bunch of them. And I really had to pare them down for your listening pleasure because I could go on and on and on for probably days about the odd and interesting places in Texas. And so I just grabbed a few. Um, You know, I only have 30 minutes or so, so I grabbed a few of them. There are tons of interesting and odd places here in Texas. Um, Literally so many, I could probably write a book about them or do a website. And on that note, I ran across a website years ago called Atlas Obscura. It's O-B-S-C-U-R-A. And it, it, it's it got all these lists of odd and interesting places for all around the world. And so, I mean, literally you can click on any country um, and then states or provinces inside that country and you can find these odd places and people put them in and do pictures and kind of what's cool about them. Some of them are paranormal. Some of them are just off the beaten path. Um, Anyway, it's really cool. It's called Atlas Obscura, O-B-S-C-U-R-A. So it was cool. Even when we went to visit my sister in Oregon, she's like, hey, are there any places you want to go see? Well, you know, Oregon wasn't necessarily on my list of places to visit. Not that it's a bad place. It just, you know, I guess it really had never occurred to me. And so I get to looking and uh, there's a place out on the coast called Thor's Well, Um, which is just basically a big blowhole out on the coast. And uh, the last surviving blockbuster video was in Bend, Oregon. So we drove over and saw that. So anyway, it just lists kind of cool stuff like that. So we had to go see them. And I got to check off on my free Atlas Obscura account that I've been to these places. So I did use this website to pull a few of these places. I don't remember. There's a couple of hundred, I think, listed for Texas. Something ridiculous like that. So I grabbed six. So before we jump into that, I want to mention our sponsor. <clears throat> our sponsor is me and American Mortgage Company. Uh, I know there are tons of people moving to and in Texas, and I know a lot of you guys do too. So let me help them out. I am an independent mortgage loan originator working with American Mortgage Company. We help people finance their dream homes right here in the great state of Texas. Getting a mortgage is not always fun or something that, you know, you really want to do, but most folks just don't have a whole boatload of money sitting around in the bank. So you have to get a mortgage. And if you have to get a mortgage, why not work with somebody who's at least a little entertaining and works hard to make the process painless? You know, somebody like yours truly, a uh, handsome, chunky guy with a beard. (laughs) So there you go. So if you know someone moving to or in Texas, send them over my way. Send them to themichaelmitchell.com. That's T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. Let me help them out. And remember, when you work with me, I sell dreams, not mortgages. Isn't that lovely? All right, let's go ahead and jump into these odd and interesting places. First off is the Cadillac Ranch. That's right, folks. The Cadillac Ranch is a public art installation and sculpture in Amarillo, Texas. It was created by a group of people in 1974. Uh, They called their group uh, the Ant Farm. Uh, Three guys, Chip Lord, Hudson Marquez, and Doug Michaels. So, um... Yeah, I'm sure you guys have seen plenty about the cars. So it consists of 10 Cadillacs, 
um, ranging from years 1949 to 1963. They are buried nose first into the ground. They were put in in 1974 and the cars were either older running vehicles, um, used and not running, or just junk. Um, but together they kind of span the, the generations of this Cadillac car line. And really what they were trying to do was uh, define the evolution of tail fins. Because who really cares about the front of the car, right? Those old Cadillacs had really cool tail fins. Um, but the other interesting thing a lot of people don't know that the cars are inclined at the same angle as the pyramids of Giza. So, ooh, ah. So the Egyptians were onto something and the guys with the ant farm and Amarillo, Texas were too. So these cars, art, sculpture, whatever you want to call them, they have made it into pop culture for sure. This was really cool looking into it. Cadillac Ranch is the name of a Bruce Springsteen song on his 1980 album, The River. It was in the video for the James Brown song, Living in America, and the 2008 music video for the song, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked by Cage the Elephant, which is a great song, by the way. I really like it. There was a 1996 uh, movie called Cadillac Ranch that starred Christopher Lloyd and... Uh, Amy Amos. No, I'm sorry, Susie Amos. And it was set in the Texas Panhandle. The 2006 Pixar animation movie Cars, in that movie, it depicts the Cadillac Range as a mountain formation. And I think the mountain formation, if I remember right, it looks like the fins on the back of the Cadillacs, which is kind of cool. Uh, Cadillac Ranch served as the setting for the 2009 song Honky Tonk Stomp by Brooks and Dunn, which was actually the duo's last video they did together. Um, Chris Ledoux also had a 1992 country hit called Cadillac Ranch, uh, and I, I kind of remember it in my head, but anyway, again, I didn't know this, but it was also a duo with Garth Brooks, which uh, I love Garth Brooks. Hopefully Garth maybe listens to my podcast and, you know, Garth, if you're out there, just, you know, send me an autograph picture. That would be awesome. I, I actually uh, almost got to meet him once, kind of, and uh, uh, but didn't. It didn't happen. So, anyway, uh, Cadillac Ranch is absolutely a must visit for anybody who appreciates quirky roadside attractions, which here in America we do have a lot. It is located west of Amarillo off of old Route 66, which if you've not traveled some of Route 66, it's pretty interesting. The Cadillac Ranch, all the Cadillacs are graffiti covered and, uh, and they're actually encouraged. You know, you're actually encouraged to go out there and do your own graffiti. So how about that? What do y'all think? Cadillac Ranch? I don't know, maybe Wichita Falls, maybe I need to do something a little more classy like, you know, the Ford Ranch. <laughs> Just bury a bunch of old Ford pickups. Wait, we've got some people around here that are already doing that crap. All right, let's move on to number two. Are you ready? Well, number two is right here where I live in good old Wichita Falls, Texas. And in this fantastic, beautiful, lovely city, which I do love, you will find the world's smallest skyscraper. 
That's right, folks. I did say the smallest skyscraper. It's officially named the Newbie McMahon Building, and it stands just 40 feet tall. 40 feet. And its exterior dimensions are 18 feet deep and 10 feet wide, with an interior being 12 foot by 9 foot. So each floor is approximately 108 square feet, and it does have four floors. So reportedly, this is the result of a fraudulent investment scheme by a con man. Um, this building was the source of great embarrassment to the city and its residents after its completion in 1919. So during the 1920s, the Newbie McMahon building was featured on Ripley's Believe It or Not, and it was syndicated as the world's littlest skyscraper. And uh, that nickname has stuck with the little building, you know, since then, basically much. Um, now, there is another small building next to the, uh, you know, quote-unquote skyscraper. Uh, this was the original, I think it was just called the McMahon building? I'm not sure. But anyway, according to local legend, uh, McMahon announced in 1919 that he would build a high-rise annex um, to the old building, I guess the newbie building, the McMahon building, whatever it was, as a solution to the newly wealthy city's urgent need for office space. So investors were e uh, eager to jump in on this project. And the story is that McMahon collected $200,000, which is the equivalent to $3.3 million in 2022, in investment capital from this group of naive investors, uh, promising to construct a high-rise office building across the street from the St. James Hotel, which I think they now call the LaSalle. But anyway, I'm not sure. Supposedly, the key to McMahon's swindle and his successful defense in the ensuing lawsuit was that the legal documents listed the, hype, the, the height of the building as 480 inches as opposed to 480 feet. So investors didn't seem to notice and McMahon apparently never verbally stated that the actual height of the building would be 480 feet. So... A 480-foot building here in Wichita Falls would be ridiculously tall anyway. But anyway, I'm surprised nobody kind of went, what now? So anyway, um, McMahon used his own construction crew, because of course, why not, um, to build the, the McMahon building annex on the small, unused piece of the property next to the newbie building. But here's the funny part. The land next to the building wasn't even owned by McMahon. Uh, it was somebody who lived in Oklahoma that obviously didn't come down here very often. And so he just built it on there and called it good. <laughs> didn't tell anybody. So according to legend, investors brought the lawsuit against McMahon over the size of the building. But to their dismay, the real estate and construction deal was declared legally binding by a local judge. They did recover a small portion of their investment, um, you know, but they, they nobody really received much back. So another interesting part, there was no stairway installed in the building um, upon its initial completion. 
because none was actually included in the original blueprints. <laughs> so he literally built a building with four floors and no way to access them but a ladder. So they did have a ladder and it was put in to gain access to the upper three floors. Um, by the time construction was complete, McMahon, of course, had already fled Wichita Falls and perhaps Texas, taking with him the balance of the investors' money. So this building is uh, currently, I believe, uh, still owned by a friend of mine by the name of Marvin Groves, who owns Groves Electric right across the street from this building. Um, he's a super cool guy. Uh, he spent some time and money renovating the building uh, a while back. It does. Ha it has had shops and stuff in it over the years. Um, I think there's a clothing store, kind of a specialty clothing store in it right now. And you can go all the way up to the top floor of the littlest high, uh, skyscraper looking at stuff. But, you know, this story also always makes me think of, uh, you know, the devil is in the details. And I guess this really is a prime example. You really ought to pay attention to what you're signing and what you're investing in. So, number three, sorry, I was taking a drink. My gosh, it's hot, even inside my house. Um, anyway, next on our list, number three is the Houston Beer Can House. Man, does that sound fascinating, and the pictures online are pretty cool, too. The Beer Can House is a folk art house in uh, Houston, Texas. It's covered with beer cans, bottles, and, and I love how it was stated, and other beer paraphernalia. <laughs> I've heard of paraphernalia, but I don't know that I've ever heard of beer paraphernalia, but, you know, there you go. So, Houstonian John, um, let's see, Milkovich worked through the late 1960s to transform his Houston home at 222 Malone Street into the Beer Can House. The Beer Can House is now one of Houston's most recognizable folk art icons. It is covered with flattened beer cans, bottle caps, bottles, and other beer stuff. It's estimated to include over 50,000 beer cans. Um, nothing ever said if, uh, if John drank all those himself or people pitched in. <laughs> I've got a buddy, you know, here that drinks a lot of beer and he could probably do that on his own. Uh, anyway, he started his project in 1968 um, inlaying thousands of marbles, rocks, brass figures, and metal pieces in concrete blocks uh, and redwood, all of which were used to make patios and fences and flower boxes and an array of other items. And uh, it basically resulted in a yard with no grass as the entire front backyards were covered with cement. So when asked why John did this, he simply answered, I got sick of mowing the grass. And John, brother, I totally get it. On days like today, I totally get it. So today, the Beer Can House is owned and operated by the Orange Show Center for Visionary Art. It's a nonprofit organization founded in 1980 to preserve and present works of extraordinary imagination and provide people the opportunity to express personal artistic vision. And it's also proof that some Texans really love beer, which I know a lot of Texans that do. So there you go.
Sorry, I had to take a break there. The cat had to jump up here and decided he wanted to add his two cents in. So next, let's head uh, a little northwest of good old Houston. Let's mosey on up to Fredericksburg, Texas, which is a beautiful place. Here in Fredericksburg, you can find Enchanted Rock. Now, Enchanted Rock is a giant pink granite dome that's over a billion years old and covers about 640 acres. Not only is it a really beautiful hiking spot, but it's also said to have mystical powers as well. Uh, folklore of local Tonkawa, Apache, and Comanche tribes uh, ascribe magical and spiritual, spiritual powers to the rock, hence the name Enchanted Rock. While attempting to hide from Anglo settlers in the area, the natives would hide on the top two tiers of the rock, where they were uh, pretty much invisible from the ground below. <clears throat> the first European to visit the area was probably Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca in 1536. Um, the Tonkawa, who inhabited the area in the 16th century in the 1500s, believed that ghost fires flickered from the top of the dome. In particular, they heard unexplained creaking and groaning, which geologists now attribute to the nighttime contraction of the rock after being heated by the sun during the day. Um, the name Enchanted Rock derives from the Spanish and Anglo-Texan interpretations of such legends and related folklore. Um, but some people have also called it the Crying Rock. And then I couldn't really find anything as to why it was called the Crying Rock. I looked, but pretty much everything stuck on Enchanted Rock. So there was a plaque formerly embedded in Enchanted Rock near the top, but it's now removed and it's it's put at the kiosk below and it reads, from its summit in 1841, Captain John C. Hayes, while surrounded by Comanche Indians who cut him off from his ranging company, repulsed the whole band and inflicted upon them such heavy losses that they fled. And that was placed by the state of Texas in 1936. So yeah, anyway, maybe you ought to look up uh, John C. Hayes and kind of see what that was all about. So if you get a chance to go check out Enchanted Rock, it really is pretty. It's a nice little hike up to the top. Um, don't, don't do it during the summer because, uh, yeah, it's hot. So let's go on to number five, something a little more serene. So you can visit a place called the Hamilton Pool Reserve in Hamilton, Texas. It's a picturesque natural swimming hole that features a towering waterfall. And I've seen tons of pictures about this. But prior to the uh, 1800s, the Tonkawa and the Lipan Apaches um, lived in the area. In the mid-1860s, Morgan C. Hamilton owned the property, now known as Hamilton Pool Preserve. His brother, Andrew Jackson Hamilton, wonder where they came up with that name, um, he visited the grotto while serving as Texas governor. And in the 1880s, the Reimers family, immigrants from Germany, um, bought the property to raise sheep and cattle. Legend says that their eight-year-old son discovered the collapsed grotto <clears throat> as it is now. Although ranchers might have considered the grotto a safety hazard for the livestock, the Reimers soon realized its value as a recreational area and opened the property for public use. Around the turn of the 20th century, the site did not attract many visitors, but by the 1960s and on to the 1980s, 
Hamilton's pool popularity uh, really increased and the land really suffered from just the sheer number of people and very few restrictions. So in addition to the impact from the visiting public, you also had cattle, sheep, and goats that grazed the delicate ecosystem around it for decades. And uh, really it kind of changed the native vegetation quite a bit. So in 1980, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department um, you know, cited Hamilton Pool as one of the most significant natural areas in rural Travis County. So in 1985, Travis County purchased 232 acres uh, from the Reimers family and implemented a very aggressive land management plan to restore the Hamilton Pool and the place around it, or the area around it. So as a result of the restoration plan, the ecosystem is, of Hamilton Pool is now recovering quite nicely. So ongoing land management practices at Hamilton Pool um, include prescribed burns, prairie restoration, endangered species surveys, biological inventories, and water quality monitoring, which is all great stuff. So one sad part, we did have some huge storms, uh, winter storms that came through in February 2021, which me and my family call Snowbid. Um, but it technically included winter storm Uri and winter storm uh, Viola. It kind of sucks that some of our storms are so big we name them. But anyway, they swept through Texas in rapid succession. They dumped um, crap loads of snow and ice. And anyway, ice wedges formed in the overhanging uh, cliff, uh, part of the grotto that hadn't collapsed. And uh, they ended up started having a, a lot of rock falls at the place. And so, so much so, they actually closed the pool um, they did open a portion of the pool back up for swimming in May of 2022, um, but it is kind of intermittently closed um, due to high bacteria levels. And then the trail underneath the actual overhang remains closed for, you know, obvious reasons. So there you go, number five. So number one, we have the Cadillac Ranch. Number two, we have the littlest skyscraper in Wichita Falls. Three, we have the Houston Beer Can House. Um, four, we have Enchanted Rock in Fredericksburg. Five, we have the Hamilton Pool Preserve. And then for number six, we're going to mosey on down to the capital of Texas, good old Austin. And this one I thought really interesting. So when you go to Austin, you can visit the beautiful Cathedral of Junk. That's right, folks. I said junk, J-U-N-K. This is a towering structure that is made entirely out of what you might imagine. Junk. <laughs> uh, more than 60 tons of discarded items make up the skeleton and decoration of the structure uh, from old bicycles to household appliances. Um, the construction of the cathedral started in 1989 when a guy named Hanneman, I think is how you say it, H-A-N-N-E-M-A-N-N, -N -E -N -N, um, was in his 20s. And for a few years, he went around and collected junk for his project, but soon that was unnecessary because people were more than happy to begin supplying them or supplying him with his unwanted goods. So 
the Cathedral of Junk starts evolving. Um, there once was a three-story tower in the back of the cathedral, but Hanneman tore it down thinking that he was finally done with his long-lasting project. But instead of dismantling the whole cathedral further, uh, and after having, you know, kind of a change of heart, he decides to add three more rooms onto the structure with pieces of the former tower that he had. So it's, it's kind of hidden from the front of the house. Uh, the cathedral is not completely invisible to neighbors, though. So tenants of a townhome complex located behind the house have filed complaints to the city, which in turn warranted inspection by officials. Uh, several city engineers went out and attempted to find weak points in the structure so that they could kind of force him to tear it down. And they actually found it to be structurally sound and safe. <laughs> so Hanneman uh, apparently did a really good job building, you know, his cathedral out of crap. Uh, really put it together well. So they did force him to destroy his pyramid of televisions. Um, but many of these found a new home in the Zen Garden of TVs, also in Austin. So really, uh, man, the beer can house and then now the Cathedral of Junk. This is really a testament, I think, to the creativity and resourcefulness of, uh, of Texans. So, yeah, uh, I have not seen a few of these, and I still want to go see them. I, I wouldn't even mind going and seeing the Zen Garden of TVs. I'd be afraid to take my father, though. I, I, if any of the TVs still turn on, he would just zone out, and, uh, you know, that would be the end of the day because he'd be sitting there watching TV. <laughs> I love my dad, and I'll tell you what, my favorite thing to do when I was a kid, I didn't want to go ask mom if I could do something, like stay the night at someone's house or, you know, go burn the pasture, you know, or something like that. I didn't want to ask her because mom, you know, would think about it and tell me no. Uh, dad, however, was a perfect target, especially when he was sitting on the couch in front of the TV um, because he was kind of a yeah-whatever guy <laughs> when the TV was on. So I'm like, hey, Dad, can I take this, you know, break of C4 and my 22 out here to the pasture and, you know, blow it up? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever, kid. <laughs> so uh, I love my dad. And we never had C4 in the house that I know of. And I never blew anything up. So there you go. What do you guys think? That's the uh, six most interesting and odd places that I could find. Uh, I may do more of these because there's so many of them. Um, go visit them. Let me know what you guys think. I'd love to see some comments on some of my stuff. Uh, if I missed any, if you're listening from right here in Texas and I missed one of those interesting and odd places, maybe from your town, man, shoot me a message. Uh, and I'll include it in a future podcast. Y'all can find me at themichaelmitchell.com. Send me an email. However, I would like to throw out, there is one place where you won't, um, you know, find oddities but you might find it interesting. And that's uh, with me, an American mortgage company. <laughs> you know, keep in mind, if you know someone moving to or in Texas, send them my way. Send them over to the, T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. And remember, I sell dreams, not mortgages. I love helping people get into homes. Thank you all for tuning into my podcast this week. Please, for the love of all that's holy, 
pray for rain and maybe a, a few cool temperatures. You know, a couple 100 degree days are fine, but man, 113 is miserable. So if y'all are from outside of Texas, man, you know, pray for our air conditionings to last all summer long and, uh, and low electric bills. <laughs> so there you go. As always, remember, the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. Y'all have a great week.